All right. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Level Up Grappling Podcast. On this episode, God, man, Coach Brian, I'm, I'm fanboying over here. But I uh, just wanted to introduce this gentleman here, the one of the living legends of the music world. The guitarist for one, the one and only Megadeth joined Megadeth in 2015, has played in some, if not all, of the greatest concert venues all around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, Kiko Lurero. Welcome to the show, sir. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> Ed, Brian, how are you guys doing? Oh man, it, we're well. It's it's late late for us, but early for you. So thanks for making so much, thanks for making time out of your busy day. Yeah, as an international rock star, I My assume pleasure. that you've got so much going on. But it is it's very exciting to have you on the show. Now, for those who don't know, Kiko is also a practitioner of jujitsu, which we'll get into. So we got a lot to talk about today, especially with obviously the music side of things. I'd like to know about. Even kind of your journey through all of your YouTube stuff. I've been trying to doing some a lot of research on it. I, when Coach, I, I call Brian Coach Brian. So when Coach Brian got me on saying, "Hey, Kiko's coming on the show," I all I, I used to listen to a lot of heavy metal, power metal back when I was in high school, and then now all of a sudden it's kind of coming back to me. It was like, oh, better start listening back up into all this to get refamiliarized with a lot of things, but. Um, that being said, I mean, yeah, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Level Up Grappling Podcast. Um, and for our listeners out there, don't forget, Level Up Grappling Podcast is the official podcast of PCI Jiu-Jitsu under the tutelage of Coach Brian here in Mission Viejo, California. And Kigo, you're over there in Finland right now, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes, I'm in Finland, Europe right Ooh. now, yeah. <laughs> I used to live in Burbank, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I know, oh, I know the area, I know. I know, yeah, <laughs> and I'm, you know, I can't. Uh, I come from Brazil. I was born in Rio, but uh, mm-hmm. moved to São Paulo, with, um, mm-hmm. you know, when I was like two, three years old. So yeah, São Paulo is a big city. Kind of, you could kind of compare São Paulo, New York, and Rio more like a Los Angeles, you know, mm-hmm. uh, um, the two cities. So yeah. it's like moving from um, Los Angeles to New York. So my parents did yeah. that like <laughs> in the early 70s. And uh, yeah, so I grew up in Brazil. Went, um, I've been touring since uh, 1995. So I've been all, oh, all around the world somehow. <laughs> Have you performed in Korea at all? Yeah, I did. I did a guitar clinic. Some places I went, I went... For guitar clinics or master classes, mm-hmm. kind of thing, not uh, no concerts actually. Yeah, I've never played like a big venue or something like that there. Yeah, but well, I did I spend some time. I, 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 just, yeah, yeah. I remember having a day off there, like in, you know, doing some uh, <laughs> tourism, which is great. It's yeah. not. It's not. It's not common. Sometimes you go to the places and you see the venue, the airport, or the hotel, mm-hmm. or the blo- yeah. around the block of the hotel. But I remember in Korea having a like great time there. Yeah, no, being Korean, and also, I mean, I would say that metal isn't the biggest, most popular. Obviously, there's K-pop, but which well, I'll yeah. personally admit I am not a fan of at all. <laughs> and so, but the the metal scene there was, I, I mean, just growing up, it's never something that's ever been really discussed um, or even really brought up, brought to light. I think maybe the closest big time, I think, band that I recall ever hearing that performed in korea was probably lincoln park but Mm. that's that's a whole other story anyway beyond that so kind of going into your your upbringing in brazil um what got you into music 
I think, like, of course, Brazilian music, radio, you know, a bit of my parents. My parents are not musicians. My family is no, like, professional musicians. Uh, I, I have a younger brother that is a professional musician. Um, but I, I believe the, 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 I started, I had, I had a, a, an acoustic guitar for my aunt at home. And uh, my sister decided to play when she was 11 just to try because maybe because of her, uh, their friends, uh, her friends. And then, uh, and then one day she gave up. It's like, ah, this is boring. I don't want. And my mother came to me and said, like, well, I paid the teacher the whole month because back then you was pay, you know, like the, you know, yeah, um, the whole month. So why mm -hmm. don't you try? So. That's how I started, you know, just to awesome. because the, the the lessons were already paid, so the the teacher the teacher would used to come to my house. So I was like eleven, my sister was twelve, and um, yeah, I, I liked it, and that's that's why I'm left-handed. I'm left-handed, and I play right-handed because I have to share that acoustic guitar with my sister, so we couldn't invert invert the strings. Yeah. Um, and uh, which is very, uh, I mean, in jujitsu, sometimes it's awkward to have this left-handed guy and then doing the extra, you know, the drills and stuff. <laughs> I, I get a bit confused, <laughs> but uh, you know. Uh, anyways, I shouldn't, but you know, just uh, um, uh, left-handed handed problems, you know. So yeah, so so, but I think in in, in '85 we had uh, Rock and Rio in Brazil. And I was 13, so kind of that age of, and, uh, Rock in Rio in Brazil was this huge festival. Um, uh, we, you know, uh, imagine like in one week you had like Iron Maiden, White Snake, Queen, Yes, Ozzy, ACDC, Scorpions, um, like all those bands. You know, wow. and then I could watch, for, you know, they were like there in Brazil, you know, Queen, like the, you know, I mean, imagine like in 85, um, uh, Power Slave Tour, White Snake with John Sykes, um, you know, uh, ACDC, Scorpions, prime time of those bands, uh, Ozzy Osbourne with Jakey Lee, and other artists too, like uh, J uh, George, George Benson or James Taylor. James, James Taylor was uh, was boring for me, but George Benson was like great guitar <laughs> player. Kind of, so, so, um, and in and, and, and some Brazilian artists, I saw, I saw like this huge event. And then I was too young to go to the 100,000 people event. And then it was, it was massive. And then I, I was watching from TV those bands and then like seeing the pictures, uh, um, you know, from the magazines and all the newspapers and then the TV the news showing the, the rock stars at the hotels, you know, by the pool kind of thing. So for me, it was like, wow, this is uh, amazing. And then, uh, and I was already like listening to some uh, metal. Um, I, I had like in the library at, at, at my school, I, I, I could, I was getting some vinyls and discovering bands like Deep Purple, older 70s bands, Led Zeppelin, um, Deep Purple, getting the vinyls and discovering those uh, those bands, and then I start being this metal guy, you know, uh, <laughs> like uh, 13, 14, and listening to to all those bands. Um, then I, I went from this classical guitar that I did for around two years, like learning the first chords, the first thing, um, to the electric guitar. So uh, the, my teacher mm -hmm. said, like, man, you told my mother, like, 
why don't you buy an electric guitar for this kid? Because clearly he's not going to play classical guitar. Um, so I went to a, a to a guitar school, you know, like a in the neighborhood, uh, um, like a, a electric guitar teacher. And then the guy played the a Dio solo in front of me. I was like, oh. that's what I want. You know, I've never, you know, he played like some Zeppelin. And uh, I remember him, he was playing some Aussie stuff. And then, man, I was like, that's, I want to be here. So, and then I started learning some licks, some, some, you know, some sc- the scales and all that. Um, then I, so around 15, 16, then I, I became um, kind of obsessed you know, like with some some sort of obsession to practice. Mm. Uh, you know, nobody told me to do that, which is interesting. And I, and I think relate uh, it, it re- relates a lot to sports in general. Uh, mm. That you just want to do it. It's not nobody's paying you to do it. It's not a, a school obligation. It's not that you have to do it. You just want to do it because you love doing it. And uh, and, and and it's interesting when you're 15. Like you grab the guitar every day. You come from school. The only thing you want to do is to play. And I, I believe a lot of people relate that to, to sports and jiu-jitsu and, you know, just want to train. I want to train. I want to be good at this, you know. And then and then back then in Brazil, you know, uh, you didn't uh, – back in, in general, we, we didn't have the same information that we have now, of course. And then back in Brazil, it's even worse to get any videos or books, song books, tabs. You know, tabs is like the, you know, the scores. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. it's like very, very hard, almost nothing, no idea. Even teachers, you know, the guy could play some stuff. But, you know, it's like you have to wait for the lesson, like, like 40 minutes uh, every week I was very slow, but I was like, I had to figure out by myself, you know, way how to mm. practice. And, uh, for some reason, um, I, I, I figured out like a, a very, I was like very good discipline. That's what I remember once I was, I was 16. I said like, how can I be better fast? Because I remember, and it was very inspiring. Some, um, some young musicians, you know, there were some guitar players, uh, Paul Gilbert, Envy Malmsteen, um, Jason Becker. So those guys were like, the, the magazines were showing him like, oh, this guy has seven, is 17 years old and he's recording his album, you know, like 18 years old. Like, and then I was kind of playing my first scales. I was 15, 16. I was thinking like, how can I be that good in only two years? That's no way. So I was like, um, so I used to have this, uh, you know, like um, Monday to, you know, like Monday to Monday, right? Every day, like a schedule, just like you have at school. I thought, well, at school we have math, whatever, geography, language, you know. So I started dividing my hours, counting my hours when I was 15, 16. Okay, so I have this amount of hours per day. So Monday I'm gonna practice this. Tuesday's gonna practice this. You know, I'll start doing, which is kind of basic, but my friends, nobody was doing that. You know, and then also I had like kind of a, I was buying like because we didn't have computers back then. <laughs> so I mean, we did. Ha- I didn't have a computer. The computers existed, but I didn't have it. So I had to buy that like a, a, a white paper and just build that uh, spreadsheet uh, with the. Uh, with the exercises 
and uh, the speed of the exercises and the kind of exercises and then the date. So I was controlling my, my, you know, my evolution somehow, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think that was very important. I think somehow relates to, it's almost like the way you think about sports, like a runner that would, okay, I run for, well, whatever, 10K in this pace, you know, and then I practice Monday like a, a long run or a fast run, whatever. And then the other day I train legs because I want to be a better runner. You know, like jujitsu, all the drills, um, all the different. I mean, all all, all the different drills, and uh, so so I was doing this by myself somehow. You know, uh, just to be good at like to go to to get there faster, and then um, and then I, I this discipline. Uh, I, I still have it. It's just became, it becomes a habit, you know, which is very important. Like how you can turn your passion into a habit because you might like to play. You might like to go and, you know, um, do any kind of sports, right? In general, any kind of music. Mm -hmm. But when you want to be good at it and then you have to have a, the discipline because some days you don't feel like doing it. Right. But mm -hmm. the discipline... Yeah takes you there right and after a few years doing that it's just part of your life and uh, you know after five ten years of doing this it's just like you cannot live without it right it becomes food to your life you know and uh, yeah that's my story that's incredible <laughs> appreciate you sharing that when did you I just out of curiosity when did you kind of think to yourself I'm now good at this ah uh, I mean, there's different phases, right? Because mm -hmm. when I was 16, I had some friends asking me to teach them. So mm -hmm. I felt, why? Well, I'm, I mean, we have to remember there's no internet. So like your world is like your neighborhood, <laughs> <Yes>. right? <laughs> because, <laughs> because you do have, okay, for me, it was like, and even coming from Brazil, right? So we have, okay, you have those um, American guitar heroes, Van Halen, you know, uh, Randy Rhodes, you have Eric Clapton, whatever, the English lord, guitar lords, you know, Jeff Beck, <laughs> Jim Page. Okay, this is like so far away. It's like, you know, it's like uh, talking about, you know, uh, billionaires like Elon Musk, me, uh, Bill Gates. You're never going to be that, right? Yeah. You don't, you know, it's like that far away. Then you have your friends that share a common taste. So my friends, they were into rock and metal. Um from from my from my neighborhood, we have like a group of friends. They also uh, were pr playing guitars or drums and practicing, studying. And we kind of started to have a a band, but they're not really studying. So uh, you know, they're they had you know they had a guitar. <laughs> so um, and then you have I also in Brazil have the Brazilian music. You know, with some uh, uh, there are some some you know my teacher, some other. I'll start slowly discovering. The great musicians, for every country, you have great musicians. Sometimes from classical music, sometimes from the traditional music, from rock. Back then, I started discovering the traditional music. Great musicians, the, the you know the the whole the other tra Brazilian tradition of the you know classical guitar, etc. So then I was into Brazilian music as well because of that. Yeah, has you know complicated. Uh, harmonies and things like that, you know. So, so, but, but I, so I have my answering your question, right? So, 
my friends at some point. And then when I was um, 17, 18, uh, some guys from other neighborhood, I remember like, all the neighborhood, they were, they would go and, and, and go to my house. And so like, Oh, are you the guitar player that, you know, that everybody's talking about? Like, well, I don't know if everybody's <laughs> talking about, but uh, yeah, you know, so, so that when I met the guy that became my partner for many, many years in the band Angra. So he came to my house with his, the bandmates. We need a guitar player. And we heard that you were great. And back then you didn't, I, I mean, you have to go to the house, right? <laughs> they went there, yeah, like, yeah. rang the bells like, hey, are you, is, you know, is, <laughs> are you Kiko? I heard you're, you know, you're a great guitar player. So then I felt, okay, so I'm, I must be good, but not as good as the, the superheroes, you know, of the Van Halens and, right? So, yeah, so slowly. And then I went to record my first album with Anger in Germany in 93. And then I had the feeling having the professional producer the first time I had like, it was a big uh, cultural shock from like this, uh, you know, friend, friends playing together to a, like a professional studio and uh, like that experience. And it's kind of what I, uh, uh, I tell Brian about music, like to leave that experience, like, okay, yeah. it, it probably like, probably in jujitsu, if you go to a competition, I would say, I don't know like r yeah. the real life, you know, and then it's like, um, have an opponent that is like, is define you to your max. So like in the studio, it's kind of like that. You have a producer that is going to push you to your limits and then you discover, you, you will discover all your weak points in the studio. You know, you will discover that, oh, I don't, I'm not good at this or that. Because the guy, I need to repeat this forever. And then it's, it feels very embarrassing, actually, in the studio a lot of times. It's like a very humiliating uh, situation. But it's good because you know you're learning. And after yeah. that, you know, transition, it's like, oh, you're, not, you're a new person. And then every time you record something, you go to the studio. And I believe competition, I've never been in a competition, but I would, I would assume it's something like that. Um, like you're a new person because you're, you know, Somebody's like pushing you to, to your max, your, and then you're discovering you. You discover your your uh, weak points, right? Your you know, whatever. Um, yep. Yeah. So yeah, that's my my story. So uh, the recordings was very important. The main one I have, I rec I remember a lot of stuff of the the first time I went to the professional studio with a professional producer in Germany, sure. which was not easy. Yeah, because they have like a very tough ways of saying Strict. things. Yeah, strict. Coming <laughs> from strict, Brazil, yeah. it's always like, oh, it's it's okay, you know, you're good, but let's try again. Now the guy is like, the, you know, he changed the drummer, you know, like wow. did, you know, like very hard. Yeah, it's like this drummer's no no way. Bring another one. <laughs> it's wow. like you guys don't know how wow. to do anything. Like very bully, you know, like <laughs> bullying us, but in a good way, you know, with with love. So nope. <laughs> I, I, I have a question that kind of springboards off of that. And it has to do a lot with, you know, Brazilian culture. And I've noticed this a lot about Brazilian music because I've been listening to recently a lot of Brazil, just Brazilian music in general. And what I've noticed is there's artists that they're very diverse in their expression. Like this guy, I think he's he died, Charlie Brown or whatever. 
And so he mm. had a lot of different styles. Like it was like rock to pop to reggae, like all in yeah. one record. And mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, for those of you that don't know, Kiko is my mentor and uh, my guitar teacher. Um, it's, I find it highly unusual how well-rounded you are as a musician because most and I'm just going to pigeonhole this. Most rock musicians are very linear in their playing. Like they don't really step out of the box. And the thing, if, if guys, when you're listening to this, if you have not listened to Kiko's music, even if you're not a fan of Megadeth or you're not a fan of heavy music, you'd be surprised if you listen to Kiko's solo albums and stuff like that. There is music that is diverse from, you know, uh, Brazilian indigenous rhythms to jazz to fusion to all kinds of stuff, blues. So do you think that for you, one of the benefits of growing up in Brazil and listening to all that Brazilian music enabled you to be far more well-rounded than your peers? Because you're, the musical peers today, the, the common uh, you know, musical rock musician today is nowhere near as diverse as you are in terms of your playing ability. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, yeah. In Brazil, I would say in general, we have this the musicians that I that I know like very uh, versatile. I would say. I I mean, uh, because if you think like we, if you're playing guitar and you're playing the blues and rock, it, it's already like an uh, um, internet. It's international music, right? Mm-hmm. For you, it's like that's my culture. Uh, yeah. For us. It's like that's international, although it's like so powerful, so present that it even doesn't doesn't feel that international, right? But it is. Uh, and then you have the local music, the traditions that sometimes um, we don't come from that place, but we're surrounded by that. The carnival, the you know the um, the reg- as you mentioned, like the, a little bit of reggae because has the you know have all the I, I mean a reggae from Jamaica, but it has this so the the Afro descendants and uh, doing that samba reggae and then other Brazil is a huge country. So you have yeah. Amazon, you have the South of Brazil, it's a different styles of music. So somehow watching TV, it seems like great musicians you get, you, you see that. And then for me, it was always like, um, so interesting. Why would I would deny that? I would say like, no, I'm a metal guy. And then I hate the rest, you know, like a, like a, you know, like supporting a, you know, a team or something like that. No, uh, but also because the Brazilian music, I, I mean, any, any, any music uh, has uh, its complexity, but the Brazilian music has is very complex and very beautiful and popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I was like trying to learn Van Halen or you know whatever you know Scorpions, Judas Priest. And then uh, I realized that, man, this Brazilian music is so more complicated. It is. And I was intrigued by that. You know, I was intrigued by, I don't want to know those chords, those scales, those things, because Jesus Priest is basically a power chord. And then you can play with one, with one shape, you can play the whole catalog. Yeah. You know, kind of, I'm exaggerating a bit, of course. I'm sorry about that. But you know, it's not a, you know, Jesus Priest as an example, but heavy metal in general, we use yeah. a power chord, which is like a very simple position with two fingers. And then you can basically play everything with that thing, right? Yeah. Um, 
And then you go to jazz or to Brazilian music, like so many chords and that's a, it's so more complicated. And then is a normal dude at the bar playing those chords and you think that you're degraded. Your friends tells you that you're a great guitar player, but you're not able to play the, the chords of the normal dude <laughs> playing at the bar for 10 people. So for me, it was like, I want, I have to know how to play this thing as well because, you know, and I, I think I had also this thing. I want to be a musician. Mm. I want to, I know, I want to know music. I, I had this thing uh, uh, on top of loving metal and fan. Of course, in the end of the day, I would prefer to play the Judas Priest riff than a bossa nova song, you know, because I was a, a, a metal kid. But as, as, uh, as a student like me learning, I, I wanted to, to learn as many things I could and understand music because I love music. And I think it's like when you see somebody that loves jujitsu, loves the sports in, in general, right? Would maybe fan of football or go to the gym. And if, if you go to the beach, it's going to, I don't know, it's going to swim, it's going to run, it's going to do something because just the love of that feeling. And then music is the same. I have the, I love playing the blues as much as I love playing the jazz or metal. And then, um, yeah, I think that I don't know if it's about the Brazilian culture, but of course, um, there's like, maybe there's a component of a survival as well. Mm-hmm. Because if you start thinking, but I didn't have that when I was young, but if you start thinking like, I need to be a musician and then to be a musician and to be a professional musician and to be a professional musician, you need to be all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You cannot be like because for sure in Brazil there is no metal scene that you're gonna you're gonna pay your bills. <laughs> because I mean, when I grew up, there was no reference. I mean, Sepultura was just starting. So like, who would be the crazy kid that's gonna? Okay, I, I would do this for a living. I will have a play metal. <laughs> it's like it was like you're gonna be starving. Yeah. You know, it's like right. So I think there's like a, a survival component. That's like, okay, so I, I need to know music, so I will find my way, uh, my place in the music business somehow if I know a lot of stuff. Being just a metal dude, I will never gonna, will be, you know, the Judas Priest guy because there's no scene here, right? Mm. Which is la- later, it, it, uh, we kind of prove the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So... A question that I have kind of transitioning now kind of more into the jujitsu side, what got you into starting your jujitsu training? And before the show that you and I, we joked about, you know, that you're a white belt, I'm a white belt, but just out of curiosity (laughs) and, you know, obviously with your popularity, just even, let's just say whether it's through Megadeth or outside of it with your YouTube channel and just kind of what you're doing on with your online stuff, you know, you've posted every once in a while. I saw the video where it's like the hundred dollar jujitsu challenge that was going oh, on. Oh yeah. Yeah. One of your videos. <laughs> and then I think another channel had posted, you know, you and, and Mike training together. Uh, and, and, and so I'm, I'm curious what got you started on your jujitsu journey? Uh, well, in the, the the Megadeth, well, Dave Dave Mustaine, he, I think he did Taekwondo, Karate, you know, and oh. then he got into Jiu-Jitsu, um, I don't know, maybe 10 years or five years, I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. um, when I met him uh, in 2015, I think he was already doing Jiu-Jitsu. I'm not sure about that, 
But uh, uh, but that, I remember going to his house, and suddenly there was a Brazilian guy there, uh, Reggie. <laughs> Reggie. <laughs> so it's like, oh, this this Brazilian guy. So he was a, a, a jiu-jitsu trainer, so in Nashville, right? And um, so and Dave was having, uh, taking some uh, private lessons. So the guy would come to Dave's house, or yeah, or he would go to, um, uh, I don't know. But so later, uh, later I went. I met so I met the guy there, Reggie, um, jiu-jitsu black belt, Brazilian guy from the, from the north of Brazil. Uh, it was cool to meet the guy a few times. So uh, years later, uh, Dave decided to bring him on tour. So this guy was on tour with us um, to train Dave. That's the idea. And then he brought the geese, the mat, the the whole deal. Put on the truck because have the truck with equipment. You know why not? Put an extra case, uh, extra case with the geese. You know, and then some some weights, some you know gym stuff, uh, rubber bands, and things like that. That you, because you know on tour sometimes you you like you know you guys know like hotel gyms. Yeah. You know sometimes are not great. Yeah. And uh, yeah. what what are you gonna do? You know. Um, so and the mats. So uh, Reg was there. And then talking about jiu-jitsu, and then, of course, then being Brazilian, uh, we kind of, and then we have the same age, okay? Uh, yeah, like bo- both born in 72. So it kind of grew up in the same time of the the boom of the jiu-jitsu. Yeah. So we had the same age during the boom of jiu-jitsu. We're from different states, but we kind of, and he got into the, the jiu-jitsu right from the start. 90s, uh, okay. the boom, you know, and I think he was like into basketball. He was a sport guy, gym, you know, uh, bodybuilder, basketball kind of. And then he got into the jujitsu, and then he became a black belt and champion. I don't know, like he's, uh, you know, he has like a, a beautiful, a beautiful story. And then at some point, he started going coming to the U.S. for lectures, I guess, and he and, and stayed in Nashville and started his own uh, jujitsu business. Uh, in Nashville, um, okay. yeah. So, so in the during the tour, I was had this guy there, and then he was like, um, "Hey, Kiko, let's do this," and the, you know, and it's like, yeah. So he was trying to bring everybody in, uh, everybody from the band, people from the crew. Uh, we have more time than the the crew guys, yeah. and then, uh, but so, some of the crew guys were trying as well. Sometimes in the hotels. Uh, as well, find a ball, you know, like a room in a hotel mm-hmm. and ask you yeah. to put the mat there. And so he was the guy like trying to figure out a place, carry the mats and set up the stuff. And, and, uh, and then sometimes with the print, you know, gym is open, whatever he'll print something <laughs> like with the times. Um, um, yeah. So I started, it's like perfect because, uh, you know, sometimes he was just there. So like I have a, a, a private teacher like this, you know, for me, you know. Yeah. Perfect. So yeah, I started learning, and then I got into. He was he was like Kiko, you need to, you need to get the, you know the, you know the how do you say like to get to get to understand jujitsu to get addicted, mm. right? Oh, okay. You have to understand. So when you understand, so I think he was more like because some of the guys you are afraid, and then uh, you're afraid of you know breaking something. You have a sure. concert in few hours. Everybody's afraid, yeah, you know, know, like <laughs> oh yeah, you see, yeah. 
<laughs> so that's my so first I reaction. Guess. My first reaction, yeah. like since since I mean, you, I'm talking about how how uh, passionate I was about playing guitar and practice. Of course, uh, sports like jiu-jitsu and a- any other sports like that would s- scare me to death <laughs> to to break something, you know. And then talking to those guys, to Reggie, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Reginaldo Almeida, his name, Reggie. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then, uh, and also slowly doing the tour, meeting other guys. Cause when, when, once I start saying like, yeah, you know, some pictures I'm starting to start to train, a lot of, I discovered a lot of other musicians, they're like black belts. It's like, really? It's like, you know, I, I, I was telling Brian about the, like a, a friend of mine, a great drummer, black belt. And then uh, the guys were the Matt from Trivium, which is another yeah. great metal band. His I don't know if he's black belt. He might be. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but, he's uh, black, he's like, he just got his black belt. Yeah, right. So, but he's like full on. He speaks some Portuguese. You know, it's like you know, I was always meeting uh, Matt in, in many different occasions, and he was always coming and saying some some phrases in Portuguese. I was like, how this guy knows this Portuguese? It was through the jiu-jitsu, right? Um, <laughs> And and then um, and then on tour with them, also the guys from Five Finger Death Punch. Also, they have a trainer with them. They have the mat, uh, um, you know, all the all the gear, the necessary gear to, you know, to remotely take to any place. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mainly, this is mainly in America, right? When you tour with trucks, you have the yeah. trucks with equipment, mm-hmm. so you can add the mats to the to the trucks. When you go to Europe, it's a, a little bit more complicated, but sometimes those guys, they organize, they call a, 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 a place, you know, um, so, uh, and then we can train in the, if they have a friend in that country, in that city, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's um, yeah, that's how, how it started, you know. <laughs> because in the nineties, so, I'm talking yeah. too much. I had my morning no, coffee. But you oh, you're talk. good. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> because in the nineties, in the nineties, I have to. I remember the 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 big thing. Yeah, I remember because you know it was a, when I was like teenager or something like that, going to the gym. Uh, when I was uh, a child, was all about the judo, right? Yeah, judo. Yes, because mainly São Paulo is, I think. I think I don't know if it still is, but it it was the the biggest Japanese colony in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Because in the beginning of the century, um, they have a, a deal Japan Brazil, so lots of Japanese came uh, before the war, lots of Japanese, so I have this Japanese culture uh, there in São Paulo, huge Italians and Japanese, so like you do places all everywhere. For kids mainly, you know, but everywhere. Uh, we did have like some, uh, I think one of the few gold medals in the Olympic Games was uh, judo for Brazil. Brazil is not a, mm-hmm. doesn't have that many gold medals. So when you have a gold medal, it's a, it's a big deal. So we had that tradition of the Brazilian judo already coming from the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, some guys from, um, some guys from Brazil comes from that tradition of the of the um, Japanese culture, yeah, right, mm-hmm. um, karate as well, or, or or the judo, and then um, so for me it was that's a, okay martial arts for me it was this the, the, that Japanese not the jujitsu and suddenly 
we have this, uh, what was that in the 90s? MMA? Ultimate Fight? I don't yeah. know even. You, so no, you no, had like the, the first ones. Yeah. Well, the first you ones. The, you had the Valetudo first in Brazil. Valetudo, yeah. The yeah. Valetudo, which is yeah. a Portuguese, like. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's a, it's a, yeah. So then it's like this Valetudo. For me, it was like, those people are trying to kill each other. Yeah. And then they're <laughs> filming that. Because it was so, for me, you know, I'm a guitar player yeah. trying to play classical guitar. So like, I was never <laughs> in, super into the, the afraid of uh, breaking a finger, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because it became such a trend in the 90s. Like you would go to any bar. Okay, you're gonna, you know, you meet a girl and go to, you know, have dinner or something. And there's like these huge TVs mm. showing this blood on the floor because those first <laughs> ones were like pretty yeah. bloody, right? Yeah. Very, <laughs> knuckle, very bloody, yeah. Right? Like this oh, 20 yeah. minutes fight never ends yeah. until the guy is like completely destroyed and on the face yeah. like... Jungle fight, like, Walid Ishmael. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pele. So uh, I remember that. It's like... And then everywhere suddenly was this big deal of um, the TVs in every bar, restaurant, like showing those valetudo stuff it's like this doesn't make sense like i'm trying to have a, like a nice moment here and then it's like this guy guys punching you know because before it was i had the boxing was a big thing in, yeah. in in the u.s you know the holyfields and mike tyson's and it was like okay when you have this big event they would show on tvs as well because it was a big event and you know mm -hmm. but suddenly because you had the brazilian guys there it became a thing, you know, because of course, uh, um, as any country, I think, I think the Americans have, they don't have that, that feeling that much because the American culture is everywhere. But as, as a Brazilian, when you see a Brazilian thing going abroad and being successful, like everybody's like, yeah, you know, so like Ayrton Senna from the Formula One, it's oh, a big, yeah, yeah. a big oh, deal. Yeah. You know, a big deal is like a huge, uh, you know, like a big deal for the country, like for the country. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, uh, Guga Quirten was a guy that uh, won, uh, won the, the Wembley, you know, the Holanda House kind of in tennis. Big deal. Mm -hmm. because and, and, and bring all these kids learning that sport, that suddenly tennis is the, the thing. The volleyball from Brazil was a big thing at some point. And then jiu-jitsu then is the thing right everybody and then you can you go to you go to the gym suddenly the gym has now a jiu-jitsu area you know ah. so i saw this change you know like any gym suddenly before would be whatever like a uh how's it called the zumba stuff you know like the, yeah, you know, yeah. the zumba whatever <laughs> fitness stuff and then suddenly suddenly doesn't have zumba it's a mat that is like people you know and then oh. the girls that so you could see that change like every gym should have a a, a jiu-jitsu and suddenly it was a it was a big deal like i'm talking about maybe mid 90s and then of course from there mm -hmm. uh it became more but uh, for me uh, to be honest i always have this image of the jiu-jitsu is very violent and it's going to break my fingers so it's better to stay away from that gotcha right mm. i ha always had that that and then talking to reggie I understood, uh, and then training with a pro guy like him, and then uh, I understood that's like, no, this is amazing. I, I, I mean, it's, it's, of course, there's a, you have to be careful because I'm a professional guitar player, so I, I cannot have the luxury to 
to break my fingers or you know <laughs> i mean or 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 bend my fingers in a way that it doesn't feel right to mm -hmm. play guitar you know um because that's my you know that's what i like to do I wonder how Zoltan does it then, because he competes like all the time. So I He's talk nuts. to those guys a bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. I talk to those guys. I was asking Zoltan. I asked. I have a yeah. conversation with those guys. They're like how? So he was showing me, you know. Of course, um, that's something I learned too. Like, uh, and I learned that I, I never. Um, then I, I here in Finland, I I, I went to some some uh, a jiu-jitsu place it's not a big thing here in, in in finland you don't see that many places with jiu-jitsu then I, I i finally found a brazilian guy here actually pretty close to my house and then i started getting some uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah please I'm coming uh um uh getting some private lessons i understood training uh like and then Reggie would say like don't train to white belt. I don't know if I'm saying something that you you disagree, but uh, that was my experience, not to train with white belt, um, because of can be dangerous. Hurt. Yes, yeah, sure. because because when you uh, train with a black belt, I mean of course it's gonna be it's expensive because you have like private uh, private classes. It's more yeah. expensive, mm -hmm. but uh, but if you can do it, because then. The guy's gonna, you know, have full control, and yeah. then you can see the difference because another white belt, the guy just wanna, and you never know who who you're getting, what kind of white belt. The guy just wanna show off and destroy yeah. you, oh, and yeah. then they're like, I'm, I'm not there to, I'm not doing jujitsu to compete. For me, it's like, is a, is a, is a chess, is a yeah. brain game. It's like mm -hmm. so interesting, yeah. uh, and, and and then of course the physical part of the sports, uh, but also like. Uh, it's pretty challenging for my brain, and mm -hmm. then um, it's, it's so interesting in the whole yeah the whole uh, uh, body exercise that you uh, that you do. But uh, I cannot get hurt, so that's what I learned. And then and then also the image I had to take from the early the mid nineties two thousand <laughs> from the jiu jitsu. <laughs> yeah, because in Brazil it became a thing. Yeah. Okay, you have the Gracie family. Yeah. Uh, it was a big, big deal, of course. Um, they're from Rio, yeah. right? I, I, I mean, they're from from the 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 family, the Elio Grace. They they come from the Amazon area, mm -hmm. and then they went to Rio. I don't know exactly the story, but um, so but that was basically in Rio, and then the, and the big trend was in Rio, and then you had that, which is like Los Angeles, right? Like a beach mm -hmm. city, kind of a. And then you have like this, you hear only the bad, the bad side, right? Only, only somebody, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, just getting into street fights, getting into street fights and <laughs> yeah. things like that. And then they used to have the, the pit bull kind of dog. So yeah. it, it became like the stereotype <laughs> of the, 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 you know, the super strong guy with the pit bull with the, uh, uh, with the, the ears, you know. With the shaved hair, it kind the of ears, yeah. the, the cauliflower ears and the shaved hair and the pit bull, and you could see the guy. You know, it's like a metal guy. You see the guy with the black Sabbath shirt with the long hair. Okay, the guy's yeah. a metal guy. You know, yeah. you could. It's like a clear stereotype. You know, it's like the guy has a you know the dread and with the Bob Marley, Bob Marley T-shirt. Yeah. Okay, the guy's into reggae. <laughs> so it's like these stereotypes, and it became a, a thing of the stereotype. 
And for me, it was always like that. Okay, this is a group of people that likes this. But then slowly I understood, no, there's a lot of people that does that. Mm-hmm. Children and, you know, girls. And, of course, you have the stereotype guys. They are super into it. Uh, but that's the, the competition level guys or, or the guys just don't want to show off that that lifestyle, you know. They're into the mm-hmm. lifestyle. It's like the metal guys. A lot of people listen to metal uh, that doesn't necessarily – Use a, 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 a simple Stura shirt or, you know, like a, a Black Sabbath shirt every day, you know. Yeah. So, and Brian is here to to, to prove that, you know. And and here day. also, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. right? Um, I had a question about, so the way I, Kind of putting the music and jujitsu together now. Obviously, you've been performing, and you know, from your origin story to to with Angra, and then now, you know, into Megadeth today, and just kind of your your level of journey, or your journey through your levels of mastery in playing the guitar. What's it like? Kind of because what's it like being a beginner again in something else? Very yeah, great question. Because yes. And a beginner and also like you're stepping into a a new world, like mm-hmm. a bu- a new bubble, right? And then yeah, it's amazing. I mean you feel like you just feel like refreshing some um in in, in a way, you know. And then you understand the whole history. So I mean mainly on tour because I was with Reggie there and yeah. uh and uh it's like in the, then the, we have the, the tour bus and then suddenly it was like like those <laughs> Uh, he was showing me like the famous fights, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. whatever through history, mm-hmm. uh, you know, watching those, mm-hmm. you know, the, the early days, uh, whatever. So I was like watching those stuff or like maybe, you know, YouTube stuff and uh, start following, <laughs> following Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> then I start getting into that, uh, uh, that, you know, the whole culture, you know, uh, it was interesting. I mean, it's it's great. I think it's great. It's always time to learn new things. You know, I would, I would, I, I changed my mind completely. It's like I want to mm-hmm. do this more, and then I want to uh, ask, tell people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm trying to convince my kids, um, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but um, to do it, my wife has this. Uh, oh, it's like no, we don't need to do go there because it feels like this dangerous place. It's like no, yeah. I'm like I'm like advocating for the jujitsu now, although like I'm a white belt because I understood the whole culture and the whole the whole respect for the whole thing, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so your kids are how old, Kiko? So it's more for my daughter that's uh, twelve. Okay. okay. Uh, my mm-hmm. kids are turning seven. They're kind of young. As we don't have that many places here, we don't have many options. Fly so me I out. Know for the kids. I'll take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> on the next plane yeah, to Finland, I'll take care of it. Yeah, yeah. My, oh, so sure, my, my kids, my kids have been training since. So just so to put your wife's mind at ease, my kids have been training since they were babies. And wow. basically, I you know they they competed recently, both did medals and did very well. But I've always just done it like playing games with them. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't push them to where they're like, okay, you have to be a champion. I know that theoretically they both could be, you know, world champions as adults if they committed to it because they have the technique basically through osmosis. They watch and then they just do it and then they come up with their own stuff. 
but they don't they don't get hurt. Um, it's a very you know if you control it properly and you just set it up as games, it's mm-hmm. it's it, it can be done. Like you know, like with my daughter said to me one day, she wanted to play saxophone, and all of a sudden she's like in the top one percent of saxophone players, you know, in wow. Orange County, you know, and that was just like. Overnight, she says, I want to play jazz saxophone. Where the hell did this come from? I don't know. Daddy has <laughs> guitars all over the house, and we listen to Megadeth, and she wants to play, you know, John Coltrane and, you know, uh, you know all That's this kind amazing. of stuff. And that, that was her thing. And then my son now wants to play drums, I, so I let him play on the drums. I go, but he thinks he's going to play anthrax. I said, you wait. You, you know, there's no lessons until you can commit to me kind of like what you were saying until you're ready for like that. You're really going to practice. Cause I don't want to pay the money for lessons and you're not going to practice. So bang around on the drums as long as you want. But when you're ready, when you have that spark where you, you get that almost that obsession, do it. But it's the same thing mm-hmm. I'm playing with, with the jujitsu just so, you know, so your wife doesn't freak out. They can start at any age and it's just about yeah, playing right. game. You can teach them. You've learned enough, and I'll send you videos. No, of this I do. You could teach. Uh, this yeah. I do for at Just home for sure. Them. Just play. Oh yeah, know? this I do. Yeah, yeah. Wrestle with them. Just play and teach them how to have balance oh, yeah. and how to have a proper stance. And then just we play little foot tag games in terms of like getting ankle picks and stuff like that. The kids love it. Mm, you know, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, this I, I do. I do it. Yeah, I do it. <laughs> so, so I'm curious. So, since you've been training with Reggie, um. When Reggie was training you guys, was he just having you guys train with him individually, or did you get a chance to roll with like Dirk and Mustaine and stuff like that? No, we did uh, with with Dave mainly. Me and me okay. and Dave and Reggie. Yeah. But normally he would show us the drill and then ask me to do it with Dave. Okay. So it was me and me and Dave. Dirk did sometimes. Um, he was kind of afraid. They were always afraid because when you were on tour. Yeah, or you're doing Very this good. like few hours before the show, yeah. <laughs> or you're doing a day off, yeah. And then also, so I like doing sports on tour. I like to to move to do stuff. So I, I start. I was not a big, big, uh, big runner. Like not into running. I was always complaining about my knees or something. But I, I discover like running on tour is great. Because you're always in a different place. It's, a, it's the best place to kind of get to know a bit of, of the city mm-hmm. or find a park. And right. So, and then you, you're not depending on having a gym or a, a partner, you just go and start running. So, the same goes with the, in the case of Jiu Jitsu, because you have the professor there, you have the mat. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's dangerous in a way, not only to, to break a finger or something like that on the, uh, is uh, you have to balance your energy. Yes. Because you're on tour, you're traveling. So your body's not, you're not eating the food you normally eat. You're not mm-hmm. sleeping as as good as you should. Um, I mean, you stay in nice hotels and things like that, but it's, you're always moving, right? Every day you're in a different city. So it it, it is tiring. And then it, you Go on stage. You know, on stage, you want to, you, you need to give you, you, you need to give 90 minutes of full energy. It's not the same as jujitsu. It's not the same as 90 minutes, I don't know, uh, running, mm-hmm. but it, it is intense. 
because there's a, a different level of intensity. I don't know how to explain, but you get tired of that yes. 90 minutes walking around, moving, head banging, whatever, doing the stuff. And then you have this energy with people. I don't know if that's also, you know, you're like, you're very extreme in your moves and I don't know. It's just a lot. So when you do like three, four concerts a, uh, a week and then you, on the days off that you should rest, you're traveling or doing jiu-jitsu. So you have, yeah. to, you have to balance well that, um, right? If you want to go to the gym as well, so you want to have the energy because you might get sick. So that's what happens. If you, mm. at least happens with me. Okay. Because also you meet a lot of people and you yeah. go to different places. So you, your body f might feel a bit so you're like vulner vulnerable to, mm -hmm. to get a flu from, from somebody because you're just shaking hands, meeting people, the fans. You're like you're playing for, you know, thousands of people, the crew, the crew is dealing with stage hands. There's a lot of people backstage working. You eating in a, in a buffet, mainly the catering that you have all the, the, the crew, the local crew eating. So, I mean, you're not going to be the guy like I don't touch stuff or just want to have my private. <laughs> you know, it's like you're just part of that thing, you know, yeah. of the circus traveling. So you, it's very, you're very vulner, vulnerable to get sick. So I think that's mm. what happens if you start you exaggerate a bit doing sports because you have the energy and the mindset to do stuff. But you have to remember to rest. So that's why, like, Dirk is very aware of that because he's the drummer. Yeah. And then, you know, drums is, like, even more intense. Um, and James, James, like, very, also very, uh, um, is very conscious about also this, how to balance the, the energy throughout the tour because it might be 40 days doing this. Yeah. So throughout the tour... And then uh, I think James is like th 63 years old. Um, so, so also Dave, we do some. Sometimes it's more. It's like very light. The yeah. training is never. I, mainly if you're doing like in the afternoon before the show, yeah, you know. Very light. Um, yeah, and and also be, just you, you might you know you don't want to hurt your fingers or. Or even your legs, because you have to be like standing up. You know, want to run around, around. and uh, <laughs> yeah, feel feel you know feel energetic. And then you don't want to do this with a, a painful leg because you're just exaggerated a bit. You know, <laughs> uh, so but yeah, so we did with I, I did with Dave a little bit with uh, with uh, Dirk James. I think he came few times, but he was like, no, no, I don't. I, he was not into it. Uh, there's a, a one of the sound guys, uh, Chris. He was, he was tough. He he liked. He was always uh, in every day day off. He would join us as well. So yeah, and then sometimes I think this is more Reggie when some other other guys. I remember once Matt was from Trivium. He was mm -hmm. showing me some stuff, and uh, we rolled for 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 a while, and it's cool. Um, it happened that Reggie brought friends. Once it ha happened that Reggie brought local friends, mm -hmm. so we could to train with us as well. Yeah, or we went to a to a to a gym somewhere, you know, um, to a mat somewhere. That that happened as well. That's pretty cool. So, so what's more dangerous, 
to your to your hands and your fingers training jujitsu or signing 6000 autographs <laughs> yeah good yeah <laughs> yeah so. the, uh, the the signing the signing your hands get tired yeah i mean that i feel that sometimes you know, that mainly because i'm left handed mm. so i sign with my left hand and then you know the playing um you know uh, the fretboard yeah. the, the actual hard part of the the guitar so I, I i do and then i do have some uh uh tendonitis i throughout my career mm-hmm. some it, it keeps coming back um so i have to be careful with that as well but no no yeah but this is uh the signs <laughs> your hands get tired tired somehow you know yeah but it's fine it's, it's, it's a cool oh, yeah. thing to do it's, it's not so, a, it's not a problem here here's a uh a training question for you. So since you've been training, and this is me as a, in my coach mindset here, what have been the most challenging positions for you when you're rolling and when, when you're learning? Like, so you have like the closed guard, open guard, mount, side control. Where have you found uh, something most difficult? And where have you found something that you've been able to pick up the quickest? Hmm. Um, I don't know how to answer that. I think every, 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 I don't know if there's one thing that stands out from the others. Um, in general, because I don't have this uh, consistent training, because mm. they're like on tour, then I do it, then I stop, then I didn't, I, um, so I think it's more like to remember mm-hmm. like that automatic. Yeah. I, I try to compare, the thing is like, I try to compare with music. I don't know if it's good, you know, the, the training, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the, the way I, I practice guitar, I'm always like trying to make those, uh, uh comparisons. Um, because it's, it's, you're memorizing sequences of movements. Right. Uh, and you have names. And then, uh, depending who you train with, they're just going to say those names. And then if you're like just a beginner, you're like, ah, oh, this name is what, you know, it's like, it's, it's, you're not so familiar to have the other uh, instant reaction yes. mm-hmm. to the name, right? So like, okay, name, boom, whatever movement, right? Yeah. Um, it's like the same, music is the same yes. because the guy say E minor, you say the name of a, a tonality and mm-hmm. you know right away the places to go. Yeah. To, to play in that key. Otherwise, you're going to play out of the key. <laughs> you know, it's going to yeah. be out of key. So, uh, so, and then also like the, the more complex you get into music, mainly like the, the technique, uh, to do it slowly. So I know like to play, to play well guitar. And then I see the, the, the you know, kids playing. They just want to play fast. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and they, they're going to skip. They don't understand that you need. You have phases for learning, yes, and then you need the slow. You need the slow. Uh, you have to look. You have to watch people doing it, even if you don't understand. It's like I tell people, like guitar, just watch, but watch, pay attention to the specific thing. So I was watching videos, like let me try to, even if it's like a, a high level, you know, in a in a competition, like let me try to understand what they're doing. Sometimes it's very hard because I'm. 
I don't know anything, but I know I'm 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 solving that because in music I would. So I know I'm I'm getting trying to understand and so I think this is important for any anyone. I'm not answering your question. <laughs> like I'm talking about something else. Now. No, it's but, a great explanation. It's a great explanation. But um, like you watch like a master doing. It's like if you watch a master guitar player, even if you start to learn, you don't know any scale, you don't know anything, just see how the guy holds the guitar, how comfortable, how the guitar is part of the body, of it, right? So things like that. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so I was, you just watch the jujitsu. Of course, you have the videos of the guy showing the, the first 10 you know, things that a beginner should know, whatever, you know, those yeah. videos like that. But you go to the master, it's like, wow, that's what, because you see the future. Yeah. Because otherwise you don't have the perspective when you're learning. The guy show you, shows some, some, some basic drill. It's like, you don't know what, how you're going to use that thing. And then you see like the pro, the pro guys doing it. It's like, oh, and sometimes hard to understand. Um, so I think this is important. That's why I compare with music. Um, also learn, knowing that you have to do the movement very slowly. And I even talk sometimes of Reggie or whatever. Like, no, no, let's, let's do it again. Uh, because that's be, because, uh, because I, I, you know, I'm now I have this mentorship that Brian is, uh, is, is part of, but I, I've, you know, I, I have a guitar academy teaching guitar. And I, so I have a, I know. So how the students, they react. And mainly nowadays that you have all different styles, you can see everything at the same, you know, all together and can be a problem. Yeah. So when I try to train, I, 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 I even sometimes I tell the, the professor, right? Um, it's like, no, let's, it's fine to do it the same thing 10 times. I don't want to know the, the, the next one because I don't feel I know this. Yeah, because it's not automatic. I'm still thinking. I'm thinking. I'm it thinking is. where to put my arm. I, yeah. If I'm thinking, where uh, is the left or is the right? Is if I'm thinking, I'm not ready. So in music is the same because in music you need to learn the scales, the techniques, mm -hmm. and you have to think a lot because there's a lot of things involved. But you you do this for at some point to just just to make music, right? Yes. So when you see a guy playing on stage, he's not thinking, but he yeah. think he's thinking a lot, but he's not thinking. So how to get that flow? And I can see this in mm -hmm. jujitsu a lot: the flow, yeah. yes, mm -hmm. rolling rolling for fun with yeah. a friend or in a competition. Mm. Um, it's all uh, the automatic movement and the reactions of once you have uh, one action, you have a reaction to that action, but that action and that a reaction can bring another different action that you're not expecting and you have to have a reaction to that second action right so this mm -hmm. and then is the same when you improvise mm -hmm. in music when you play the jazz style that is more is is, is not like a, a a megadeth show because yeah. the megadeth concert we play the same songs we know the songs yeah. it's trained it's like uh, it's, it's like a drill you just repeat the movement yeah. it's fine just try to do it greatly but to repeat the most. But in improvisation, it's like the drummer suggests something and you play something. And then what you play affects what the drummers or the pianist or the bass player is playing. And so it's like this rotating thing, right? So um, 
I don't know. I'm talking about this, but it's like uh, that's the way I start seeing jujitsu. It uh, related to music and the algorithms of the sequences of the movements, and that it can be very complex, right? This because is what's, this is every... what's going to make you a great grappler, Kiko, because you get it. Because this is actually how I teach. So I mm. teach based on concepts, and we drill the shit out of everything every month. So we only work on one position a month, and we just drill mm. the hell out of that position one one position for that entire month. We just drill it over and over and over again. So we have it set up where I demonstrate the move. We do a static drill of the move. Then we do dynamic drills of the move. So we have the stand-up portion, the ground portion, and then we put it in where it's you know, very interactive. But you know from day one to day 30 exactly what you're doing. And you already have the syllabus in front of you. And you know, because, you know, I grew up with teachers. Both my parents are teachers. I, I taught at university for a while. So you have to have things very precise so that everybody can get it. And what you're saying is exactly spot on. Because this is back in the day when I was a kid developing my own um, guitar practice routine. Very similar to how you have your setup, you know, on the uh, on the Guitar Academy. It's very, very similar in terms of how I break everything down. It's about 45 minutes to an hour. I have sequences that I do. I've been doing the same set of sequences for 35 plus years, you know. So you have to have this stuff drilled not to where you get it perfect, but where you can't get it wrong. And it has to be automatic. So when we set up with concepts, this is what we do in my academy, we set up the concept. You, I teach the concept. I explain to you, here's where this is going. I don't ever teach random moves. You know exactly mm -hmm. what the sequence is for the position. You know exactly where it's going to go. You're going to know exactly why you got there, how you got there. If it's a defensive position, you're going to know exactly why, what the mistake you made is to what positioned you there, put you there, and what you need to do to fix it. And so we drill that over and over and over again. And amazingly, 100% of the students, if they show up to class, are 100 times better on day 30 than they were on day one. And this happens mm. repeatedly every month because every month it's a different sequence. And it's only 12 sequences total because it's, it's six positions, offense and defense. So the first month is defense. The second month is offense. I'm literally giving the whole secret <laughs> secret sauce out right now, which is fine because they still don't know how I do it. But this is literally what I do. So what you're saying is exactly right. Furthermore, and this is another reason why you're going to be an amazing grappler, is you understand polyrhythms. So mm. imagine this, and I'm going to speak this in musical terms. Most of the people that are, are listening to this right now are not going to understand what I'm saying, but Kiko knows. And so this is Kiko's coaching session. So guys, you're just going to have to deal with it. I'm sorry. So imagine <laughs> this. Most people, like Americans, when they're listening to music, 90% of what they're listening to is 4-4 time, okay? Mm -hmm. But in grappling, we don't want 4-4 time. We want it. They, you know your opponent's always going to be in 4-4 time, so this is when we set up polyrhythms. So I'm going Al Miola against their ACDC. So okay. I'm going, or Dream Theater, I'm going 12-8. I'm going 6-4. I'm going, I'm making mm. all these different polyrhythms Brazilian styles, polyrhythms against a 4-4 time. And that's what's creating your success in the position. So you're constantly pulling them off meter. Once you pull them off meter, it's you're not going one for one. So you're not playing on the one, the two, the three, the four. You're I not see. following the beat. You're playing a polyrhythm against their 4-4 time. That's how you create success within the position. 
And this is the thing that 99% of grapplers miss. This is why they're always constantly battling each other. And mm-hmm. they're like, everybody's tired at the end and they, somebody got hurt because they're always going one for one. So everybody's playing in four, four time. So it's we like have two a, synchronized in a way, like exactly. the both uh, opponents are like two synchronized and two then synchronized. Yeah. I that's see. why we, we have a saying at my school, don't agree to the position. So we're always creating polyrhythms against the four, four, four time. Interesting. Oh, that's yeah. helpful. Yeah. That's helpful. Okay, so when you th- do you have like an, do you feel like internal rhythm? Yes, absolutely. So I ha- I always have an internal rhythm. Doesn't matter what we're playing in the background because I know like for example, Kiko's mm-hmm. helping me with my soundtrack for school, so that we have our music for for class. But it doesn't matter what we're listening to; it is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. You once you get sensitive to how people move their body, you pick up. We call it I call it reaction mapping. So I'm mapping their rhythm. Once I map mm-hmm. their rhythm, I can play off time. I see. That's where, like, if you start to watch, and where you're really going to see this is if you start to watch high-level judo matches, never mind, ju- leave jiu-jitsu out of it. Jiu-jitsu is going to mm. screw you up. If you want to be good at, at grappling, submission grappling, don't watch jiu-jitsu. <laughs> watch oh, Greco-Roman yeah? wrestling. Is watch it? judo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Because you have to learn to create a different timing. So it's all about creating mm. an, an opposing rhythm and how to find what they're, read their rhythm. Once you read their rhythm, then it's, it's like easy. It's, it's surprisingly easy how, how you can start to manipulate somebody's body through space. And then when you understand this and you're in a high level, you, you, you just watch another fight from that opponent and then you, you understand the the, the his yeah. rhythm you can you can watch and understand the rhythm because people are very humans are very predictable um mm-hmm. because like going back to what you're saying not to rag on judas priest one of my favorite bands of all time let me say that one of my favorite bands of all time halford yeah. i'm waiting for him to go on to broadway because i think he'd be an amazing broadway star they have a new song by the way i new heard stuff out yeah it's good yeah, yeah. okay yeah <laughs> so now Basically, we know exactly, you know, once you see Priest, you know exactly what the music is. Once you see ACDC, you know every ACDC song in the catalog. You can just mm-hmm. listen to one record, you know every, every record. It's, it's predictable, yeah. not in a bad way, but humans are predictable. So where you have to become unpredictable is you have to play jazz to their rock and roll. Yeah. Or to their hip hop mm-hmm. or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm saying you because you understand because culturally you understand this from a musical perspective, this is what's going to make you a great grappler. As a musician, I find that musicians are better, are, are pick up grappling very easily because I can explain mm. to them in musical terms what they need to do. I and see. If, they, if they understand music and if they understand, here's how you pick up, here's how you read their rhythm. So basically close your eyes, read the rhythm. This is why we always play games in my, in my academy with their eyes closed because your eyes lie to you. Uh, yeah. The eyes are deceptive. Stop looking at what the person's doing. Feel them. Feel the rhythm. The wow, minute yeah, you, you yeah. feel their rhythm, you can counter their rhythm. And it doesn't take much. It's literally, it's like you could be half a beat off and you can completely throw off their game. Literally. 
And then this is right from the start. You can start thinking like this. Absolutely. Right, right from the, you can do this. So I'll tell you, you want to laugh, Kiko? I have a guy, a student of mine, because I have a distance learning program. I have a student of mine. He's never set foot on the mat with me. He's a, he's a very successful entertainment attorney in Beverly Hills. He pays me a stupid amount of money every month just to talk to me on the phone once a week to coach him through what he's doing at another academy, white belt. He's destroying mm -hmm. purple belts and brown belts wow. just because of how I coach him through, because he understands when I'm, when I'm talking like this, the way your wheels are turning right now, he understands mm -hmm. enough. I don't have to be on the mat with somebody to coach them through what mm -hmm. they need to do properly. Mm -hmm. I can give, I can just give the basics, send a couple of videos and then you can literally pick up what I'm saying and go, okay, this is what I need to do. I, I gave you enough right now that if you went with somebody else right now, let's say, a, a, you know, somebody that was a little bit more skilled than a white belt, so you wouldn't be spazzing out and have them attack you. So you, you would be able to impress a higher belt, a purple belt, brown belt, black belt, if I told you, okay, feel where their timing is, feel their 4-4 time, and then go go jazz on them. Once you do that, I'm telling you, sky's the limit. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting to know the musicians. I would think that uh, engineers would be uh, better. Well, they're, they're good. At they're good at learning because moves. you know, like like very memorizing the yes. algorithms of the sequences and stuff like that. They, they and can do that. Being very methodic, uh, but the musicians that. are like this too because yeah. we re we memorize a lot of patterns. Yeah, I mean in in every field, but in music, it's like it's patterns, patterns it's, of scales, patterns feel. of and Absolutely. feel as well, right? It's because feel. it's a human it's connection, right? Yeah. yeah. So you're going to have yeah. people, I can tell, I can literally tell, a lot of times tell what somebody does by how they interact with me on the mat. Like I know, okay, this mm. person's a gang member or this person's a cop. This person, I have a lot of cops anyways that I teach. This person is an engineer. This person's a musician. I can feel it really? because I oh. feel their, 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 their rhythmic pattern. Every human has a rhythm. Once you tap into their their rhythm, all you have to do is counter their rhythm. Don't play the same yeah. time. Don't play the same time signature that they do. It's really that's. It's honestly, it's that simple. That's very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. I I will keep that in mind. <laughs> and we could talk about it anytime you, know. you want. You know, you have my number, yeah, yeah, so yeah, we yeah, could yeah. we could chat about yeah, it anytime yeah, yeah. you want. I'll, I'll help very you cool. drill very through cool. it. Very cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, the more you can connect with the stuff that you know, right? Yeah, it's uh, it feels uh, it's better. It feels I, I I might feel more confident. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And you get to the it. place I want to be faster as well. Yeah, know? and 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 you, you'll get there. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, you have to take. You're already like you know the that one of these one in a billion guitar players on the planet. You know, with your diversity and 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 level of mastery with the instrument. There's no reason why you cannot now translate that over to submission grappling. There's no reason why you can't because you you've number one you've already mastered a skill of something that's so difficult and so complex that anything else is kind of like you know it's easy street but your your body and your brain your soul already knows how to connect the dots and you already feel it rhythmically you feel it musically and it's the exact same thing. This is just it's it's literally a rhythm and you just have to engage the rhythm it's it's, it's that simple nice very cool yeah. nice
I will let you know. I will try. Yeah. Ed, anything else? Mindset. <laughs> we don't want to no, keep Pico too long. <laughs> no, no, no. I, and honestly, again, thank you so much for for making time to to come onto the show. And it, it's 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 been a fantastic conversation for me just to listen to. You. Again, you know, I grew up with a lot of music as well. I'm not as musically inclined as I would say as the, either of you. Um, but I, I understand my basic music theory. You know, I played piano growing up, played clarinet. Of wow. all things, I play the Highland bagpipes right now. So oh, <laughs> it's yeah. like that's, and that's a unique, that's unique, that's a yeah. unique instrument to even in terms of music theory, just kind of these concepts of grace notes and and mm. and how they actually it's a it's a percussive instrument for as much as it's a woodwind instrument in the sense that it's a continuous sound, right? Yeah. The, the, yeah. In, in for bagpipes, there's no there's no end. It's just it just keeps going because you don't take a breath. You're filling that bag up. But anyway, to hear the comparisons between music and grappling, um, how, the learning process, the thinking process, the feeling process, um, all of that has been absolutely fascinating. And Higo, thank you very much for for sharing that and sharing your insight with us um, around all of that. And, and I'm excited to kind of you know i'm excited to follow your journey um as to where you're at in in your career in your level of mastery um because that same concept of mastery applies to anything and everything that we do whether it's martial arts or whether it's you know anything you know and so but i love the way that you described um just really you through your experience what it takes to become a master at something and it's not just about the 10,000 hours, but it's the practice. Again, it's the addition. Yeah, what do you do during those 10,000 hours? Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. All right, so, otherwise, so an, uh, otherwise, an Uber driver would be a Formula One driver. True. This, right? That's yeah. perfectly said. If he's about true. the hours, like, come on. Yeah. 10, so it's yeah. like, <laughs> how do you practice? Yeah. How yeah. do you practice? Uh, yeah, that's the the most important thing. You you see some kids playing amazingly, and I'm, I'm sure in martial arts you see some kids like how this guy learned that fast. This is how you mm -hmm. practice, uh, and understanding what Brian said, like the the steps. Yeah. You know, get one thing, just you know, be good at it. Repeat, mm -hmm. yeah, and then the next one, then the next mm -hmm. one. And then just build this fundamental things. Go to the fundamental stuff. Just be great at fundamentals. This is like a Michael Jordan, would you say that? You know, mm -hmm. he was practicing just like, you know, yeah. you know the yeah. basic stuff because the fundamentals yeah. has to be there. Because you, when you're in a difficult situation, that the fundamentals that are gonna hold you up there, right? So the same with tech, guitar technique. You know, I, I believe martial arts in a in a in a high level. The same as the the fundamentals, you know. Uh, under stress, yep. you know, you don't have the good fundamentals. Yep. So, yeah. So um, that's why we can play the Absolutely. stuff we play in a, in a large audience, in a big stage. Uh, sometimes even without hearing properly the guitar, but you can play as good as you know, just feeling. Wow. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like because you feel, yeah. you understand what's going on. Your body just is, feels like uh, you are in the element, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So again, thank you so much thank for your you. time and just my and pleasure thank you for all that you've and thank you for all that you've contributed to our lives through your music. Thank you so much. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah. So we got to do our little plugs real quick. 
sanablesports.com forward slash PCI jujitsu, 10% off everything you purchase every time you purchase. Put in that code PCI jujitsu at the end before you check out. And also, guys, please remember with our PCI jujitsu distance learning program right now, I'm doing 40% off. I'm being generous. We've had a few listeners take advantage of this amazing opportunity. Don't forget, not only are you getting the PCI curriculum every month, but you're getting regular coaching calls with yours truly. I will be on the phone with you. You will be showing me your videos. I'll be yelling at you, cursing at you, threatening you (laughs) over the phone the way it needs to be. And I will be expressing the pain and suffering one way or the other. So take advantage of this amazing opportunity, 40% off, hit us up. Either DM us at Level Up Grappling, DM us at PCI Jiu-Jitsu, or PCI Jiu-Jitsu at gmail.com, and we will hook you up. And with that, Kiko, thank you so much, sir. It has been an honor and a pleasure. You are a master and a gentleman, and uh, I am just beside myself. I am not going to sleep. I am, my, I am just smiling <laughs> ear to ear. This is so amazing. Ed, anything else? Thank brother? you, Brian. Thank you, Ed. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. No, that's right. it for me. We'll catch you guys all in the next one. Yes. Cheers. Thank you <laughs> so Cheers. much. Cheers. <laughs>